Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for Daily Devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. Uh, welcome back to my study. And today, uh, as we've just finished up the book of James yesterday, and I'm really excited that we have this opportunity to read the Bible together, uh, to grow in God's Word, and to live as the people of God. So today, as we just uh, closed up James, the book of James, James chapter 5 yesterday, that means we're going to be starting a new book today, a relatively short book called First Peter. That is the first letter that we have uh, written by Peter as a pastor to different churches spread throughout uh, Asia Minor in what's now modern-day Turkey. And there's a lot to unpack, but what I wanted to, to offer you was just some some things to look for, uh, what some emphases that that Peter is making as he's writing to these churches, but then also one big observation that I think is so big, perhaps so obvious, it sometimes, maybe even oftentimes, actually gets overlooked. That's where I want to to start. Where let's uh, let's begin with this. When we sit down to read, let's say, the Pauline epistles, letters written by Paul to different churches throughout the, the Roman world, it's understandable that somebody like Paul, who has the sort of credentials and the intellect and the training to write intimately, theologically, about these issues that are plaguing the church as they're learning how to, to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. That's why, why Paul's writing to them. To a certain degree, it's only natural that somebody who is trained and as thoughtful and insightful as Paul, that he would be the sort of person who would be writing these letters to instruct the churches on Christian living. That makes sense. Even with a book like James that we just read, who is widely assumed this is referring to James, the brother of Jesus, that James can speak as he speaks because he has this intimate, even uh, uh, familial ties with Jesus, the Messiah, the one chosen by God to bring about salvation for all of humanity from sins and reconciliation to God. If you're somebody who can speak intimately to this matter, who believes in, in Jesus and, and worships him as Lord. James is one of them. Uh, James can speak on that kind of authority. But then we get to somebody like Peter, who, as we remember, if we're looking and thinking about his life, as we first see him presented in the Gospels, we see him as a Galilean fisherman. A man who, whose life is oriented around catching fish, making a living, living as a Jew in, in Galilee, and, and raising a family as a respectable Jew, I suppose. But there's not a whole lot more than that. I think about where Peter was when Jesus first called him. Jesus says to Peter, cast, throw, throw, throw out your nets. And Peter says, Lord, we've been 
been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll do it. And he does. And there's a catch of fish that is so large that even, you know, two boats can't get haul in uh, the the amount of a catch that they were, they were getting. And so even Peter can look at this time when when this this man this Jesus of Nazareth comes and calls him from this way of life that he inherited that he lived with but that the moment when Jesus called him his work amounted to something that was empty and that when Jesus called him he says I'm going to make you into fishers of men. And that God had taken this fisherman and so transformed him and made him into the sort of person that God desired him to be because he was called. And when he was called, he followed. And because of that, through responding to the calling on his life, that Peter became what Jesus said he would be, that God followed through, Jesus followed through on his promise to say, I'm going to make you into a fisher of men, that by following me, I'm going to make you into the person you're not. And there's an estimation if, if Peter was indeed written by the apostle Peter, which I think it was, which means it was written about 80, 62, maybe 63, thereabouts. So what that means is, roughly speaking, there's about 30 years difference between when Jesus first calls Peter and by the time that he is sitting down to write as a pastor, not as a, a, a fisherman who's just catches fish and sells them for an income and wakes up and does it all over again. He's doing things that he would have never done before if he hadn't answered the call of God in his life. God has transformed him because he's responded to the call and following him. And so 30 years later, Peter is doing what never in a thousand or a million years that he would have ever expected would be happening. But because he responded to God's call on his life, it has led him to do things. Indeed, make an everlasting impact on lives that he would have never thought possible unless he responded to the call of God in his life. And because of that, that means you and I here in Whitley County are sitting down to read an epistle, the words written by Peter, because he responded to the call of God in his life. The reason why that's important is that in 1 Peter, the call of God upon these people's lives to, to follow him is one of the the main themes, the central themes to the entire book. So that it's like Peter can speak out of his own experience to say, even as a Jew, this man named Jesus, he called me to, to be his disciple. And now my life has changed. My life is different. And, and now because he's he's called me to a purpose that was bigger than anything I was prepared to imagine. And because he's called me and I followed him, that means my life has changed. My attitudes have changed. My 
priorities and values have changed. My identity and how I know who I am in this world is different because of the person who called me. And that, I would submit to you, is a central idea that helps us make sense of the entire book of 1 Peter. And it's the way in which, the framework in which Peter understands and invites the readers to also understand their Christian suffering so that they don't resist the sort of suffering that they're enduring because they bear the name of Christ, but they endure it, indeed even celebrate it, because because they know that the reward for following God wholeheartedly, indeed being holy before his sight, is indeed priceless because they know that they are who they are in Christ because they were purchased with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that has made all the difference in their lives. And he calls Christians like you and Christians like me to follow wholeheartedly and to not to be afraid to live as a different people because God has chosen us. Peter can speak thus because he is speaking out of his experience to say, I know what it was like when I lived in a life that, that, that was empty. But God called me, he changed me, and he, he made me whole. And so with that in mind, I want us to read 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read through verses 1 through 15, or excuse me, 1 through 16, 1 through 16. And I just, with that big picture in mind, I want us to, to see how it is that Peter calls us to live as indeed Jesus called him to live. So let's read together and then we'll close. This is 1 Peter Chapter 1, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and sprinkling by his blood. In other words, this is the language of atonement, language of redemption, that, that through what Christ has done, we are now a people who belong to God. Indeed, God has a claim on our lives. That's why he has the authority to call us as he does. And so let's continue to read. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, I'll repeat that again, your faith, in other words, your trust in God, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, 
and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. In any measure that we live as a people who who are different, not just for the sake of being different, but who are different because their lives belong to God. They are holy because their lives belong to a holy God. Their lives have an everlasting purpose because there's an everlasting value to them in the sight of God. I don't want you, Glenn, Bryce, Faith, Luke, Tom, B, uh, David, I don't want any of, of you to lose your lives to something. Your lives that, that have immeasurable, immeasurable worth in the sight of God. And so, even as God calls us, it's important that we respond and that we don't be afraid of when it is that God calls us to, uh, to live holy lives in a world that is bent and corrupt and, and evil. God calls us to live a life that, that belongs wholeheartedly to him. And I pray that as we continue to read through 1 Peter, that we'll get a clearer picture about how it is that we can that we can respond to what Peter says, that when he says, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. I think that's what, what God wants for, for each and every one of us. So uh, bear that in mind as you continue to read First Peter. Uh, I pray God would bless you and keep you. And I uh, look forward to, to just, just what God is doing uh, here in Whitley County in your lives and in my lives. It's, uh, it's so much bigger than anything I think that, that, that we're, we're prepared to imagine, but I want to be a part of it. Uh, and so I, I pray that you, you, you join us or that, that whatever you do, that you respond to God's call in your life and to be holy as he is holy. So uh, thank you so much for taking your time today. Uh, I do ask that you to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get daily notifications for our reading plan. And I'm just looking forward to the next time, be it uh, Thursday here on the next uh, devotional or uh, when we get to meet together uh, in person once again.
It's, uh, it's very exciting. I love you all very much. And God bless you. And I will see you next time.